Good evening, mutations. Live from the Alamo. Two five is here. So you know it's sports, sports, sports. And you know who I got with me. The one and only. Virginia born. Jersey bred. <laughs> Shout out to Millville and T-Net. stand up. Yeah. Put on your neck, don't bring feelings to a fat fight. fight. He will shut you down. He will flip you inside out. He is Mr. Logical. Yeah. Tonight, we got to talk to y'all. I know college football isn't talking about expanding the playoff again. We haven't even started to expand the playoff yet. And I know it's been a while, but it's time to take a trip around the association. But of course, we're going to get this thing started as always with getting off my chest. And Mr. Lodge, we've got a lot to say. But before yeah. we do that, just give me a second to say, hi, Grandma. <laughs> Remember, click the, click the notification buttons. I mean, click the notification button so you know when we're going live. Follow us on, you know, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Wherever you uh, we really appreciate mind. everybody who engages so far. So, like, going at this for a year now. So, we really appreciate everyone <laughs> interacting with us. Um, you know what I'm saying? And stop sending me those Doug Baldwin videos if you ain't going to answer my questions. <laughs> yeah, so as you see in the background, I got the uh, Super Bowl going, but I got to pause it because I got to change my lighting because it changed my TV. But that leads me to the get off my chest. Falcons fan, been a Falcons fan since 90, 91, something like that. 90. So I've seen them go to a couple Super Bowls and I've been disappointed. They lost. They got pretty much manhandled by Denver. Then we had the historic blown lead against New England February 2017. But you, you got there with the horses you brought, the coaches, the players, all the staff. And you lost. There's no need to go chopping heads off. But yet, people looking for a scapegoat for the San Francisco 49ers loss. And yesterday, on Valentine's Day, they showed their love, Steve Wilkes, <laughs> once again, the NFL. That man. And they fired him. They fired defensive coordinator. He held Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City offense. Granted, it's not the vintage Kansas City offense that we're used to, but held him to 19 points in regulation. They didn't score a touchdown until nearly the end of the third quarter, and that was only because of a, a muff that really got him in the scoring position. So the defense did their job. Yeah, they had a rough goal of it for the first couple of playoff games. But it didn't look like that in the Super Bowl. So you go up. <coughs> you got a 22-19 lead. 
and one of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation goes on historic run. 75-yard drive, 13 plays. This, those moments occur. Mm-hmm. Those big-time guys step up a big-time moments, and it happens. And he got a great playoff. And the way the play was executed at the goal line, with the, I guess they've been calling it the corn dog, with McCall Harmon, Mahomes being Mahomes, but the guy inside got McCall Harmon open. Now, he got him the fourth down. The defense had a fourth down play. If Mahomes tosses that ball to Kelsey and it's deflected and bobbled and dropped, that means the 49ers would have won the Super Bowl 22-19. Same game plan, same coverages, same playoff performances. Do you fire Steve Wilkes a few days later? I doubt it. So what could have happened in those last 50 yards that said, this guy doesn't deserve a job? Because it's not the stats. They were eighth in total defense, third in scoring defense. And courtesy at a hot box, I have this stat that I want to share. D'Amico Ryans was everyone's coach of the year. His defensive coordinator from 2021 to 2022. Points per game, 18.9. Steve Wilkes, 17.5. Yards per game, D'Amico Ryans, 305.3. Steve Wilkes, 303.9. Takeaways, 1.5. Steve Wilkes, 1.7. So, the team success was there. I can only assume that something personal happened. But Steve Wilkes has been getting jammed up for the last few years in the league. Mm-hmm. Finished 6-6 six six last year with Carolina. Gets fired for Frank Wright, who went 1-10 and and got fired. And the, the players were begging for him. Players were begging for him. 3-13 and in, in Arizona, but he had... Josh Rosen as his quarterback. He got one year. You bring in Kingsbury, Calamari. You had one good run, but for the most part, Arizona, you're already on another coach. Kingsbury had to go back to college to come back. So I just feel like I'm sick of the scapegoat aspect of this. Like you lost Brandon Ayuk and his, you know, his family and his friends all over social media. Accept your losses, man. Learn from them and move on. But the way they treat Steve Wilkes is just, it's just nonsense. It's complete BS. Uh, if you want to blame anybody, blame Kyle Shanahan. He has more of a resume for failing in the big moments than Steve Wilkes because you saw the number support that he did his job better than his, his predecessor. Meanwhile, Shanahan's the guy out here. You know, falling apart, players not knowing the rules and stuff over time. I know it's been kind of overblown, but in the same sense, it's like, as a head coach coming out on skate, blowing all these leads in Super Bowls. Um, So I don't want to put the loss completely on Kyle Shanahan, but I will say those first two drives of the third quarter, even before the uh, fumble, on the punt, Kyle Shanahan pissed down his leg. You know, um, I'm not saying you got to stand up 
act like it's two minutes left in the game and just rush the ball up the middle. But there's a time and place where you can just run the ball, call a draw play, call a screen play versus what he was calling. You yeah, know, I that, mean, the, like I said, the, it's not – I think we're using the result as like an indictment on well, the play calling in itself. But that's what we said talk it in about real McCaffrey time, not we running said it the ball. Time, though. McCaffrey got 30 touches for 160 yards. What about so, Elijah like, Mitchell? Was, Elijah Mitchell hardly gets that many. He doesn't get that many touches. What about Maybe. Debo? Debo was ineffective. McDuffie was running his routes for him. <laughs> well, I'm talking about in the run game, though. They got they got him in that. Purnell was down low, eating up blocks. Chris Jones was eating up blocks. They were running. They were running into brick walls. But he got on the edge. It just they came up against a team that's really wired to win. And I think that the sometimes I think your success kind of inflates your expectations to the point where after you don't reach expectations, you you don't take the time to decompress and really like break down. We had a hell of a season and we had a lead in the fourth quarter and overtime of the Super Bowl. We just came up against a guy that just plays at a different level. I'm not saying you got to be like, oh, you know, we were glad to be there. You showed up, you showed up well. And like I said, you had a lead. You had a, a real chance to win the Super Bowl. So I don't know how you go from having a real chance to win the Super Bowl, not just showing up because some people are like, oh, well, you were in the Super Bowl. You had a chance. Like, nah, these dudes were literally in the lead with seconds ticking down in overtime. The, the only thing that I hope is that whatever conversation they had when the firing went down, I just hope Kyle Shanahan didn't say, put your glasses back on. Boy. Because that's the way you you know demean somebody. But yeah, it was it was. I, I just think that on top of everything that you said, just put more points on the board, even if it's three. You know, like like Patrick Mahomes comes back from ten points in the Super Bowl, go up thirteen. You know, say like go up sixteen. Yeah, like I said, I got to text you earlier. I was like, Steve Wilkes must have said something. I'm like, listen, man, you the offensive genius. Where the fucking points at? Yeah, we had the, we had those guys down to six points late in the third quarter. Greatest quarterback of a generation. Yo, the funny and like another thing is like, I don't know if belief and like the team belief is like the thing that really because that continuity. And the belief, because Eric Reed, after the field goal went through, he said to the 49ers in overtime, y'all really think y'all going to win? On the field. Like, on the field, he was like, I really think y'all going to win as he was walking off the field. You just did the same thing I did the other day. What's that? Eric Reed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it happens. Justin Reed, yeah, it happens. Justin Reed. It happens. You know what but I mean? Yeah, he, he literally looked at him and was like, Yeah, I think y'all gonna win. But that's I think that's the difference in the belief. I think that's the difference in the continuity with Spags and, and Chris Jones. Cause they were talking about when they were down 10-0, it was like, listen, this is like a trick play to get a touchdown on us. We good. 
I just don't ever think they ever waver. Whereas if you if you zoom in on some of the faces on the San Francisco side, I think collectively that whole drive when Holmes had the ball, it was a lot of people just like you go again. And it's like trust me, as somebody that that's about, not the that's not the defensive coordinator's fault. As somebody that, that talks the about entire Florida team State looks nervous. Miami, as somebody that talks about Florida State and Miami a lot, you know I understand. You know, but you know, Steve Wilkes, man, like Atlanta ooh. needs defensive help. Come on might down. Be, might be time to go to college, bro. Might be time to go My to man, college. Come to Atlanta. Give it with Raheem. <laughs> well, speaking of college football, University of California at Los Angeles. We are at an inflection point. This is the time for you to decide if you want to be a player or if you want to get played because you had opportunity when USC was down to take stranglehold of the city, you know, outside of Oregon with Phil Knight money, there was no reason for you not to step into that place with USC falling under sanctions. So now you got people like Mr. Logical out here talking about why we mad at the players, but these coaches just up and leaving whenever they want. Sure Not they only did. did Chip Kelly leave, because UCLA is going to the Big Ten this year. He's the offensive coordinator for a team in the Big Ten. He left your head coaching position to be an offensive coordinator in your conference. You know why? Because nobody else wanted him. 35 and 34 at UCLA, best season nine and four. Things are okay. It's okay, Bruins, or as I like to call you, powder blue bears. It's okay. So, Mr. Logical, how many seats does the Rose Bowl have? I've been there, it's not many. I think capacity is probably somewhere around 45 to 50, maybe. Well, according to what I was reading a little bit ago, it said 92,000. Mesh. But this is the problem. UCLA only averages 41,000. So we are at an inflection point. What are you going to do with it? Now you went out and got one of your own from within the family, Deshaun Foster. You know, he was the running backs coach since 2017. He was just about to move on up to the Raiders and be their running back coach. But then he got the call to come home. So this is my question for you, UCLA. Are you going to play the NIL game? I mean, Chip Kelly lost Dante Moore. This is an inflection point. Do you want to be USD's peer? Or you want to keep being the bottom bitch? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. But, I mean, I'm just saying, man, like, look, I know that there's a tier and there's levels to this, right? Yeah. Like, Cincinnati is never going to be on Ohio State's level. Correct. Colorado State is never going to be on Colorado's level at in a much smaller scale, but same point. You Correct. know what I mean? Like, NC State will never be UNC. 
I get all that. But, but UCLA is right in LA. Yeah, you're UCLA. Like you're right you know, in LA. I mean, we know the basketball history and the tradition, even though they've only won what one title since John Wooden after he was cheating. You know, like they only won one title since then, which was uh about 30 years ago next year. So banging years. Yeah, so you know, it is what it is. But hey, we got college football talk. This is the first year coming up of the 12-team playoff that still has mixed reviews. People won't be happy. I'm saying it right now. I'm calling it. People won't be happy. It's going to be, be heavily loaded. And behind the scenes, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti is talking about 14, maybe 16, according to former AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco. So, Mr. Logical, what are your thoughts on the playoff? I like the playoff. I like the 12-team format. I like the fact that it's 5 plus 7. Like they're going to, you know... Well, not yet. They haven't voted on it yet. Vote, but yeah, yeah, Pac-12. Be, you know, yeah. Pac-12 is yeah. going to be the vote. Right, 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 right. I like you're going to get more games out of it because that is the most exciting time because... Ironically, the college football playoff somewhat has rendered the regular season at the top somewhat irrelevant. It's basically, can we play an early tough game, play it well and lose, or play it well and win, play our regular schedule, our couple of cupcakes that we give four to five to six million dollars in, and be one of these power five schools with an 11 and one or 12 and 0 record at the end. That's pretty much the format that is the accepted format for college football right now. So having like automatic bids and then maybe getting these matchups. Now where we have all the, uh, all the movement with the big 10, like I said, we got UCLA going to big 10, Colorado in the big 12, Utah's in the big 12. You know, so like all this movement. So we're going to get the matchups we want. So I think throughout this next season is shaping up to be pretty exciting because you're going to have, I mean, Texas versus Ohio State at some point. You're going to have Texas versus Alabama. You have Georgia versus Oklahoma. Like you're going to have like these matchups throughout the year. So having the 12 teams at the end is going to be pretty exciting. But even with that, still people want to be upset. So I got a couple of questions. Number one, what do we do with Notre Dame? Because they independent. Well, well, you know, I was looking at this, thinking about this, and you know, we're talking about this model, the five and seven, so five highest rated conference champions, you know, Pac 12s out the way. So, you know, group of five team. First four seeds get buys. So basically, Notre Dame never gonna have a home playoff game. Uh, I think they'll find a way to rationalize them at four if they have the record and the matchups. Okay, but unfortunately, I don't. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to generate enough money. They're going to be popular. Everyone loves Notre Dame. They're nationwide. They're iconic school. I think the years of all these other schools getting this TV money, mm-hmm. 
it's going to probably force them to join someone. That's it's going to it's going to be teams like like Utah, or they're going to be getting like Notre Dame money. Well, you know, as a Florida State fan, screw Notre Dame. <laughs> People are tired of college football conference realignment, right? Notre Dame has the ability to stop this if they were to join the ACC. Florida State and Clemson ain't leaving the ACC if Notre Dame comes in. Think about the cash windfall that comes with Notre Dame coming to your conference. Yeah, but think about but the they're not gonna give up. that they don't have to share. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. They're yeah. not going to give up their NBC money, though. So yeah, but it's, anyway. if people started getting if, – if schools start getting that upper echelon kind of money that they feel like they're going to want more, I don't know if NBC is going to keep digging in the crates because it's like – I saw an article I don't, today. I don't, know, I don't know if it got done, but I know Notre Dame was looking for $75 million. Yeah, well, they just signed – ESPN just signed that. A six-year extension to keep the championship games on ESPN and ABC for seven point two billion uh-huh. or seven point eight billion. Hell, the, the NFL just paid a hundred and or I'm sorry, Amazon just paid a hundred and twenty-five million to get a wild card game. So, just, yeah. So I, I think once this money starts flowing, to everyone then they're gonna go to NBC like, "Yo, we need you to open that bag back up," and it's like, "Nah." All right. So here's my second question. Uh, so. Washington State and Oregon State, you know, the Pac-2, the Tupac, you know, they are on that same 2026 timeline where they can stay a conference for those two years. What do they have to do to make the playoff? They got to go undefeated? They got to they gotta average like 40 a week and go undefeated. <laughs> Will we ever see two G5s in the playoff? Like I talked about that in our little pre-conversation. If you, I don't think so, because at the end of the regular season, it becomes a business conversation. They're going to be playing games at home, so that you'll have. So if LSU's in it, then they're the five seed, and you get Tulane. And they're the 12 seed, then they'll they'll have to go to Death Valley. So you don't have to worry about selling out NFL stadiums because you're gonna be playing games at home. So the local fans for the first what, like first two rounds, because mm-hmm. it'll be five, five, twelve. Yeah. So five, like the 12, first couple the Okay. Yes. So I think the first couple of rounds are gonna be on your home field. So you'll mm-hmm. you'll get your local fans to fill the arena. But after that, you got to fill Vegas. Jerry World. Jerry World. Arizona. Hard Rock. Hard Rock. You got to fill these other stadiums. That's when you're going to have your issues because they don't want to put too many of them in because Tulane might win a couple games. So now you got to get Tulane Green Wave against Ohio State to fill the stadium in Phoenix. So, so as a Falcon fan, as a Falcon fan, how do you feel about playing the Saints twice a year? Well, I mean, now I like it. 
I like I like the way that the NFL has set up their divisions. Um, well, the reason I that I asked don't think it was a setback to it, but the, the reason that I asked football doesn't like that. Right, that's the reason. So everybody keeps saying, "Well, if Ohio State beats Michigan and they got to play them again, you're the only one complaining about that." I watch Ohio State play Michigan again. Just you know, them. like as I look at this. We didn't value the regular season anyway. Hello? <laughs> we didn't value the regular season anyway, Florida State. You know, we didn't value the regular season anyway, UCF. We didn't value the regular season anyway, one year of Cincinnati. So, you know, so what are we talking about here? Now, they're talking about potentially, you know, this deal is up in 2026. And then they could come back to the table and change the playoff format again if they so choose. So the word on the street is, is that, like I said, Tony Petiti, Big Ten Commissioner, is talking about 14 or 16. But my question is, do we ever get to a point where we're something like 2 plus 10? Where the Big Ten and SEC champ have an automatic bid and then everything else is at large? No, because the Big Ten is only really – they've caught fire with the Harbaugh going back to Michigan and Ohio State just kind of changing coaches and, and staying steady. They haven't really had that great of a sustained impact from the other teams. Like Wisconsin hasn't been double-digit wins permanently every year. Penn State hasn't won 10 games every year. Uh, when Michigan was down, they were down, even though they were Michigan and they were, you know, probably the easiest school to recruit. They were down. Whereas the Big 12, Big 12 was, was up for a while. They didn't play any defense, but you had TCU, <laughs> you had Baylor. Texas had a good little run in there. Oklahoma, when they, they had their little run, and then they started doing the transfers. So they had the Kyler Murray and then they had Jalen Hurts, like that time frame post Baker Mayfield. So they would make the argument that they would be part of the two. So I think they, I think they'll stick with the five. I think they, I hope they stick with the five plus seven at least for a couple of years. Get some data on it, see if it works. Because more than likely, football upsets at the college football level are rare, simply because it's just one team can just steamroll the other team with just talent. Most of your, like the, we'll use a Georgia TCU game. Georgia just had. NFL talent defensively. Ohio State and Georgia was closer because offensively, Ohio State had NFL talent. We saw what CJ Stroud did in the regular NFL regular season. He was an NFL dude on offense. And I think Ohio State tends to keep those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Georgia had dudes on defense, and it and then it, <laughs> they also have pretty dynamic players on offense. So it was a lot of back and forth. TCU didn't have that guy at quarterback. They didn't really have that guy in the backfield. They didn't really have, like, that defensive stalwart. So they got blown out. Most games are going to be like that. I think that 5-12 matchup, the 6-11 matchup, it's going to be, what, like, a two-loss LSU team playing against Cincinnati or Houston or something, something, something like that. Or you'll yeah. get Liberty, you know. So like, it's just 
is as long as you don't have the Cinderella story, because we talked about we love the Cinderella story in the NCAA tournament because it helps you win your pool because you pick that 13 seed to be the four. But you don't want Cinderella in the in final college four football. winning the title. You, you don't want it. You don't want to win the title. You want them to entertain you enough mm-hmm. to where you can say, "See, I picked them," but then they lose. In college football, you don't want the number 12 Liberty to be in the national championship game. Yeah, it's fine. Like in the first round, you know, it's fine if they beat an ACC team. It's fine if they beat a Big 12 team. Don't let them beat a Big 10 or an SEC team. Yeah. You know, like everybody's going to talk about how, oh, they can't do it every week. They only did it because they were up for that game. It was their Super Bowl, so on and so forth. It's the playoffs. It should be everybody's Super Bowl. I get it. But, you know, um, but as I look at this, this is the first year of this, so we got to feel it out, see what happens. FCS has been at 24 for quite a while now, and basically the Dakota schools have just been saying this is our territory. So why is this going to be any different? I don't – honestly, I don't think it – I don't think it will be different for everyone. I think – SEC, ACC, Big Ten, sprinkling a couple of Big Twelves, but your your champ's going to come from SEC, Big Ten, or ACC. Just do attrition because you're going to first of all you're going to have out of the twelve. I'm predicting you're probably going to have three SEC schools at least. Give me two Big Ten, two ACC. So we're that's already seven out of the G five. Yeah. Then you you'll sprinkle in a G five, a Cincinnati, a Houston. Maybe you sprinkle in one of the Pac twelve teams or whatever they're going to be called, or one of the teams from out west. You sprinkle one or two of them in, and then when it's all else fails, it's going to be like, well, this ten and two old Miss team looks real good for eleven. Well, I'm thinking more like four <laughs> SEC. That's what I'm saying. Like, so we need, to, we, we need to fill it out. So you, you'll have the automatic bids. You'll have the the one or two or the two lost SEC school, the one lost Big Ten school, the one lost ACC school. You'll get them in, like the one that isn't the champion. Probably the team that loses the championship in the ACC or the Big Ten. So that, that'll be another one of your squeezes. And then you're going to end up filling it out with like, 10 and 2 Ole Miss or 10 and 2 Georgia if they're not the champion. And then it's just gonna be business as usual after the first round. Right. So yeah, so like I said, uh this is gonna last for at least two years. And then in 2026, they'll come back to the table to see if they want to make any adjustments. Two years isn't long enough. I would I would amend that if they could. I don't know what kind of vote that takes, but you gotta get at least four years of data on it. Because yeah. you need, you need, you need, you're gonna have a fluke year, but you can't. Well, get I've, always, I've always thought that eight was the sweet number, you know. Um, like four, four is okay, but I feel like it's too little considering you have 133 teams, you know. But I feel like in a real thought out process, there's probably only three teams that are good. Like usually, all four teams that make the playoffs aren't even good enough to win the national title. So at right. least we have, so I would say final keep going. I'm pull up the final see the yeah, I would, I would say right. three because like you know, in some years, not even three, because last year that you brought up, 
um, TCU and Georgia. Well, TCU <laughs> beat Michigan. So, <laughs> so really the winner of Ohio State, Georgia, was going to be your national champion. So if we had like so if we think about this, the season that just ended. Yeah. We had Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. So that's one each. Then we go ACC with Florida State, SEC, Georgia, Big Ten, Pac-12. So right then we're only at – there's no power – there's no, like, G5 school yet. No, then it would have been, been SMU. Or no, it would have been Liberty. It would have been Liberty or SMU. Probably Liberty since they were undefeated. But So, yeah, Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma. So Liberty was down here at 13 and 0. So we figured we get you got Liberty right. and Liberty SMU. Against Florida State, you know. So you get Liberty and maybe SMU at 10 and at 11 and 2. And you slide Oklahoma and Penn State out. Because you no, want to admit that. Well, I mean you you I'm talking you, about the vote, the vote. Not like oh what would actually happen in the season, just like it, now you can like like the claw machine at the uh, at you know Chuck E. Cheese. Now you can kind of pluck out what you want because mm-hmm. now when the season's over, the college football playoff, all they do is pluck out who they want and serve who they want. So having a ten and two Oklahoma, a ten and two Ole Miss, a ten and two Penn State, and a ten and two Missouri, but you got to get Liberty and SMU in because they're the power five, the G five schools. You got to pluck two of those out. I well, think you only need one though. Coming. You only need no, one because I'm talking. They're from twelve. No, I know, but Oklahoma's no, no, but, that, but it's the five oh, highest conference. So you, only, so you get Liberty in, so that means you're probably going to pluck Penn so, State so, out. So for this no, year, you're plucking Missouri out. So it would have been Michigan, Washington, Florida State, uh, Texas, and then you would have had whoever the next highest conference champion was. Would have been six. Yeah, or would have been would have been five, Michigan. Washington, Alabama, Texas. Oh, I forgot Alabama. That's why. Yeah. Alabama, Texas. So that's four. Florida, Florida State, State. Florida State would have been your five. And so then Liberty, Liberty would have been, been the 12. Six. Yeah, Liberty would have been the 12. And then you would have filled in the at-larges from 6 to 11. So you would have probably got Florida State against Liberty. And then yeah. Alabama, Texas, Washington, and Michigan would have had your buys. So either – if you get four years of data on it, maybe that Liberty Florida State game is compelling. Maybe the Georgia Georgia Oklahoma game, you know, because you want to because you want to piece it together where like at least the games are are competitive. But if you're only gonna let in, you know, Liberty or Tulane or SMU, then it's it's gonna be the same thing. So I don't really. I just expect to see it really loaded with Big Ten, SEC, and then whoever else legally has to be in it. Right, right, right. Any anyone selected? If it comes down to ten and two, or ten, you got ten and three Iowa, ten and three Louisville, or ten and two Ole Miss. It's going to be Ole Miss is getting in. Yeah, Ole Miss is getting. Affiliation is going to run the day. It's going to run the day. You know, the AFC, or I guess they would be the NFC over here. So the Big Ten would be the AFC. So the NFC would get the team in, you Pretty know. But, but, yeah, so, like, it's time to go around the association, y'all. 
So, you know, I wanted to ask you this question to get this started, Mr. Logical. Are you ready? So, we got Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Denver, and the Clippers. That's your top four in the West. I like it. I like it. Which one of them needs home court the most? Minnesota because they're young. I was thinking OKC because they're young. I think that Minnesota is built a little better for sustained playoff success. And that's why I didn't pick them because, you know, they got the big – like, you know, we in football we but, say defense travels, right? So yeah. in basketball, your twin towers travel. Yeah, but even with that, I just think that you have the defense, but you're also still young. They had the playoff disappointment last year. Remember, Ant throwing the chair. Yeah. I think that what this was, year. Was that last year? Yeah. That was last year, yeah. So he hit some big shots. He played. I think he, I think he scored almost 40, over 40 in one of those playoff games. Like, he was really balling. But I think this year, OKC not making it last year. I'm not sure if they're going to really rise to the occasion anyway. So I would say Minnesota having home court is better for them because I think they can build off last year or even build off two years ago with you know, the play-in with Pat Bev and all See, that. Everything you're now. saying right now is why I chose OKC because they are the new kid on the block. And, you know, when back when they had that thing humming, that arena was electric. You know, like Minnesota, yeah. I don't know Minnesota to be electric. You know, Denver has – the altitude, you know, but they're the defending champs, so you hope that they could figure something out on the road. Yeah. The Clippers are the Clippers. Like, they are just – they just are what they are. I don't think it matters if they're home or not, yeah. you know, but – They can win or lose on the road or win or lose at home. And with OKC, way. I feel like we could see SGA, because he's young, I think we could see him do that Jason Tatum thing where Jason Tatum has – 28 points, 12 rebounds, and six assists. And then tomorrow he's two for 12. You know, I think 17 points. Yeah, that could be as you know, in his first playoff run. Well, that's what's that's why I say Minnesota. I think Minnesota needs it because I think Minnesota is primed to go further. So I think they need that. I think they need that home court just to get it going. I don't know if OKC really buys into the fact that they're going to make a run through the playoffs. I think they're so young. I don't know if they believe like, yo, you know, we can really do this. Whereas Minnesota believes it a couple of years of disappointment. So now they're like, yo, like we need, we need home court advantage. So we could do it in front of these fans. You saw how happy they were when they, when they won the play in game a couple of years ago, like that's pretty electric. And I think that resonates well, especially when you got a young, you know, superstar on the rise. I do like the able to perform in front of his yeah. I do I, I do like that pickup to have another ball handler besides Mike Conley, you know, where you can rest him a little bit. Um, I think that a lot of Minnesota is going to depend on Cat because he hasn't necessarily showed up in the playoffs. He gets in foul trouble in the playoffs a lot. Rudy Gobert gets in foul trouble in the playoffs, so maybe it'll help them in that way. But Cat is also the weapon. That can get hot and win a game by himself, you know, um, if necessary. Whereas, right. whereas with Shea being a guard, 
but not being of that Steph Curry, Damian Lillard ilk. You know, I think it becomes a little bit harder. And, you know, what is Chet doing? What is Gordon Hayward contributing if he's even playing? Yeah. So, you know, uh, but I think I, I think I like OKC as far as, like, I think they're the ones. So uh, question number two, Mr. Logic. Let's hear it. It's NBA All-Star Weekend. Are you excited? Nah, not really. Oh, come on, party pooper. <laughs> I really went out to Utah last year. As we did the podcast, I was out there. And it just, maybe because it was Salt Lake. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't the buzz. But even the players inside of the building, like I get it. Maybe they were just ready to get out of Dodge because Salt Lake is not a real NBA party city. It's a good NBA city because the fans, the fans love you know the where the All Star Game is, right? I know this year's in Indianapolis. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe they party a little different in, in Indiana. Well, like I guess I, it's going to depend on Mike Epps and uh, Shannon Sharp. If they can squash the beef, you know what I mean. Like you never know. Maybe get Stephen Jackson involved. Uh, might get Tony Dungy or something to, to moderate it, but. I just, I just, like I said, I just felt like watching the game last year lacked intensity. The dunk contest was cool because you know McGlunk did it, but it just, it just even like I said, even in the city, like we literally drove right downtown. There was no traffic. We parked right by the bar we went to. It just was like the, right. the NBA All Star. It's just like I don't know if people take it not necessarily take it seriously, but just like that. I don't know. If, I just, maybe they take it too serious and they don't have any fun. All right, so what do you think of this lineup? Mac McClung, Jalen Brown, Jaime Hawkes, and Jacob Toppin. Not Ob Toppin, his little brother that wasn't good at Kentucky. I mean, maybe Ob can like give him some inspiration. Maybe come out and help him. Uh, so that, maybe so he does that do it for you though? Nah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like the <laughs> the NBA has gotten lazy because they have such a long season, and they have that they have their playoff time. I know we have baseball at the same time, but essentially, you got the NBA draft, NFL draft, some off season stuff. But for the most part, all eyes are on them from April till. The uh, Larry O'Brien Trophy is hoisted, mm-hmm. so I think they just kind of just coast through the regular season. I think a lot of players coast. All right, so I think the, I think the league in general just kind of just coast, and they just like yo, let's let's get to the All Star game. We'll try to ramp it up, and then after that, we'll got the play in, and we got all this other stuff. I just I just feel like there's not a lot of not a lot of deliberate effort to make it exciting. Like there should be some stars. In the dunk contest. You ready for this three-point lineup? Let's hear it. Damian Lillard. Okay. Defending champion. Cat. I like it. Spider. I don't know about that one. Trey Young. I like him. He's he he I, he's one of those guys that he uses these moments to be entertaining. Halliburton. Local guy. Jalen Brunson. Gotta have a Knickerbocker in there. Malik Beasley. 
<laughs> okay, are you excited for Steph and Sabrina? Yeah, I'm glad one of Yo, us. Is. I'm trying to get Kevin Hart, Draymond to do it again though, because I'm glad one of us Kevin. is. And since we're talking about Sabrina, let me get a second here. Shout out to Caitlin Clark for becoming the all-time NCAA women's kneeling scorer. So you know, congratulations on that, Miss Clark. I'm surprised she went back to college. She had to be a number one overall pick last year, like at least a prospect. Yeah, but I'm not excited for Steph and Sabrina. Like, I look, you know me, you know, old guy, all that stuff like that. With the Super Bowl, Usher was cool, but I was like, yo, I want to watch football. That's how I am with All-Star Weekend. I just want to watch basketball. Like, y'all can have all this. Just give me the game because we are going back to East and West this year. Do you yeah. think that improves the quality of the All-Star game at all? I think it does. Um because you're not playing with your buddies. Yeah, you're actually defending territory. It's like I remember I did a I remember like one of my uh, assignments for my criminal justice class was like this. They did the psychological test where they just they gave like 16 kids like they gave them a test and then told them told eight of them you are a dynamite and they told the other eight you are granulite or whatever some other other thing and they just they <laughs> bonded with that and they were like competitive about it so it was like <laughs> i think putting guys back in east and west just like even though it's like listen no you're just you're eastern conference player west conference player i think it would make it more competitive because if you're steph and clay and you get drafted to one team and Clay's on the other team and they defend each other, they're not going to like defend each other, make the other one look bad because they're on the same team. Whereas if it's like Kyrie's out West or, you know, Lucas, Lucas out West and he has to guard Halliburton or vice versa. I think it'd be a little bit more effort because they're not on the same actual team when they get right. back to, uh, you know, get back to regular season after. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And no cups, no cups, no cups. No. <laughs> no. Am I making myself clear? No. <laughs> Love you, cups, but no. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I, like, I just think that for me, as the old guy in the room, you know, like it just brings it back home almost to where how it should be. You know, um, I, I didn't like the pickup side I, of it. I didn't like that. And another thing I didn't like in those years when they were wearing their own uniforms instead of wearing like an all-star game uniform. I never understood why some years they wore their own uniform and some years they had all I'm like you guys have bunny. See, this I like I like the I like the uniforms when it's the team uniform. So like everybody's in all white but their uniform and then everybody else is in their road just uniform. put a patch on it. Like just it. give me Give me the because standard the uniform like the by definition like of the word is uniform. Is everyone in the same uniform? The reason that I like it is because of people like you. <laughs> you LeBron fans. Oh, who reduced, really? Yes, who reduced the sport down to three or four players or two or three teams, and that's all we talk about. It's a chance. <laughs> it's a resident. It's a chance for people to actually get to know these players and their team. So, like, if you see somebody like say 
Halliburton that plays locally for Indiana. I just think it pops a little more. I think it put resonates. Put a patch on it. Mind. You can put. You can put What's their that? name. Just put. Like, you want a cactus on there? No, just put a like anywhere, like where they have these advertisements now. Like just when you make the uniform, right here, just put a Clipper logo. No, that ain't or good. Or a Jazz logo. That ain't good enough. The word uniform, by definition, means you need to be in the same uniform, not the same color. That ain't good enough for me. Yeah, that ain't good enough for me, you know, because like I just feel that as it is, certain players like Tyrese Halliburton before he got hurt was having a great season, you know, even as much as I bang on him, Julius Randle was doing all right out there, you know what I mean? But he plays for the Knicks, so that's not a problem for him. Yeah, if you put it on the front, like if you put it on the front and really highlight these guys or showcase these guys and have them do all the events. Have a bunch of the all stars do the three point shooting. Contest. I don't mind that for have the event, them do, not for the game. Have them like, yeah, you can wear your your own uniform for the event, and then highlight them. You know, just do other. I mean, hell, play a game of horse. I don't care. Well, first just of get, all, I'm not even trying to see Malik Beasley, so he can wear whatever he wants. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you, you know, got to the all star game. The all star game that need two uniforms. One for the East, one for the West. You can put the team patch or something on it. So, but that was a terrible pass. Oh, it actually worked out. Uh, but like it, like I know it was it was a pretty iconic game. I believe it was the it was like I think KG, it was KG AI, Jordan, Shaq, Kobe. It was a lot. Of, it, and like I said, I admit that it's dope, but those guys are icons anyway. We would have recognized them in anything. They could have been out there in hoodies. We would have yes, that's what I'm saying. Them, but I'm not talking about them. I don't need LeBron in something to recognize him. But yeah, some but people if, might if need I a player. Don't know who Halliburton is up until the All Star game, I'm not going to be like, oh, he's an All Star now. I'm going to not follow stuff. I'm going to follow you'd him be, after the All Star game. Surprised, but anyway, you got to show so up. But here, that's here's the, the, here's put the next thing. Here's the next thing on the agenda: LeBron to Golden State. Yeah, I don't I don't know like that was a conversation. Uh I think Draymond did the same KD parking lot cry thing. Because the what Warriors, happened? excuse my language, America, the Warriors are bitches. <laughs> I I don't know where LeBron fits in the Warriors scheme. I don't know what. You, you have to deplete. Like, cause if the if you call the Lakers and say, "Hey, we want LeBron," you can't just give up a couple of draft picks because you're calling. Like, you have you lost a little bit of your leverage, so you're gonna end up giving up what Kaminga, some picks, Sarge, Clay. Clay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm grab. You know, like when you put the, the candy out for Halloween and the kids anyway. grab the candy. Mm-hmm. Golden State would have been like, "All right, cool." Or the Lakers would have been like, "Cool, you want LeBron? Cool, let me stick my whole hand in here and see how many <laughs> Reese's Pieces so, cups so I can fair, pull out of this box." To be fair to the Warriors, even though I called them that word, to be fair to them, allegedly they did go after Kelly Olynyk. They did go after Laurie Markkinen, but they just weren't on the table for them. 
you know, and LeBron was the last resort, allegedly. I don't but, like, I, I don't know why the I don't know why. I mean, I guess the Warriors got to make a move. Well, this summer, allegedly, the they're going to after Paul George like, or Durant or LeBron. Because they're never mind. I already said that. Yeah. So like this is this is what the Warriors are. So I know that they came back and won the title. You know, after KD left. I know they won the title before KD got there when LeBron was playing with whoever was willing to pick up a basketball, you know, but they went into that parking lot, called Kevin Durant, teary-eyed, snot-nosed, can you come do this for us? And then flew out to the Hamptons. Flew out to the Hamptons. And then the same dude that called him called Durant the word that I just called the Warriors. <laughs> like, and he just did it the other day too. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, he, called him, he called him the P word the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think, I think, like I said, it's it's we go back to the 49ers. That elevated level of expectation, it, you kind of like divorce yourself from like logical thinking. It does not make sense to try to get LeBron to your team, considering that. You're gonna have to give up young depth just to get them. Just that that alone. And you're gonna get one year run and you're gonna go up against a young OKC team, a young intact Minnesota team, a resurgent Denver, you know, trying to go for a back-to-back championship. It's like, what do you 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 got you probably giving up Gary Payton the second. I mean, what are you going to have left? You're going to give up players and get LeBron, and LeBron's not going to be able to do what some of these other players do. Like, he, he's it just father time. He can't do the dirty work. Can't dive on the floor. He's not going to come off the bench. Even though, you know, shout like, out to him. Shout out to him. He's been playing some defense this year. Yeah, I mean, like, I, he can. He's still, like, a great, great, great basketball player. But for what, what you give up and what you want him to do is like, – it's. You can't ask him to do all those things that you need to do based off the players you gave up. You probably have to give up Wiggins, maybe. Yeah, something. that might have been in the you deal. Got to make the salaries match, and you know, and I mean, he's due fifty-one point four this summer. Um, so uh, Isaiah Stewart, heavyweight champion of the world, young, twenty-two years old. I thought he was a little older because I remember the incident with him and LeBron. I didn't. I, I thought he was like maybe close to like 25 or so. I was 22. I don't know how you get in an argument with like a backup forward for he played like the, the guy played 18 minutes that he got in a fight with. It's like you're not in the same age range. One guy's 27, so it can't be like B from college. Detroit doesn't play Phoenix that often, so I don't know what came about to where you got in a fight in a parking lot. He got arrested. Because you can't just punch people in the face. That's still a crime. I've punched people before. I ain't never get arrested. Well, if the police see it, you know, oh, you haven't punched anybody in the face in Arizona. <laughs> They'll arrest you in Arizona if you, you punch anybody in the face. Underwear. <laughs> yeah. Hang you out there sleeping in a tent on a bunk bed. Yeah, Arizona's going to get that check up on you if you commit a crime in their state. I mean, that's it's when you 
like LeBron says, it's like, yo, keep the main thing the main thing. If you're an NBA player, that should be your focus when you get to the building. I'm an NBA player. I average this many points. I want to average more. I want to get more minutes. I want to get more money. I want to help my team win. Like that got that has to be the main thing when you this is before the game. So I don't know what happened before the game to where you even get into an altercation. Was it a, was it a parking spot? Even with that, you got to keep the main thing. The main thing is like, does it make any sense to put yourself in a position where you're getting arrested and cited before on the way to work? You're on your way to work. Yeah. Terrible. Last question from me. You buying the Cavs? I think anybody, I think it's this year is probably anybody's year. I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. I'm excited more for the post all-star break NBA run, especially now that we don't have football and we're going to be doing a lot, watching a lot more. I have a lot more conversations about the association. I'm excited for that because I think guys are hitting, getting in their groove. Teams are kind of realizing this is a rotation. This guy can play. This guy can't. Except for um, Darvin Ham. Yeah, I think he's still tweaking stuff. I mean, Clay out here dropping like 30. Well, Clay is on. They got benched now. It comes off the bench, but I think he's at. I think he's at like last time I checked it was like twenty six points maybe something like that, uh, mm-hmm. but I think Cleveland has a shot. I like how they play defense, like Garland. I like uh, Spider. I just like I said. I just think that I don't know if any team in the East has really set themselves apart from the rest. And if you're in that mix, I think you have the talent to. To make make a splash. See, initially I wanted to say no because I was trying to think: Could Cleveland beat Milwaukee? That's what it came down to. Could Cleveland beat Milwaukee? But then when I thought about it, Milwaukee's backcourt is small enough that it doesn't deter what Cleveland does. Because that's my concern about Cleveland: is their guards are small. You know. Um, Evan Mobley still hasn't quite turned into the player that I expected him to be. Defensively, he has, but I thought he would be in that, like, not necessarily a direct comparison, but I thought he would be that Chris Bosch level player, you know, where he could go get you 21 and 10 on a given night. But I don't know if it's because they don't involve him enough, but I just haven't seen what I thought I was going to see from him. So he's playing like more of like a motivated Aiton. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one. Yeah. And, and I think that's the kind of sometimes that's that's what you transition to be. We talk about this all the time with you know the famous Pat Bev. You know, he was averaged 37 points in high school. He's like in the league, I barely get three shots off. Mm-hmm. You know, I get three to five shots. Iguodala was talking about at the tail end of his career when it was like, I'm only getting two shots. Like that's the conversation you right. have. Like right. You know, you're going to be a last resort shot when you're in there. We're going to need you to do this X, Y, and Z. Pick oh, and by the way, the sixth man, great book. I'm in the middle of that right now. So, Andre Iguodala, shout out to Iggy. You know, Finals MVP. That is. Yeah. So, like I said, when when you you think about a guy like Mobley, he just gets an opportunity to to just play. You just you do. He's doing like the opposite of what like guys like Isaiah Stewart did, like where you know keep the main thing the main thing. I'm here to ball. 
How do What's I get that better? Residente? <laughs> yeah, so I think yeah, I think that I think Cleveland's got a shot. I mean, second right now they're second in the East. The Bucks always have a shot because they have they got Dame who is clutch. We've seen it when he closed out two series, and then of course you have Giannis who's a freak. But you know they are, you know, sprained ankle away from being mediocre again on defense, and they have Doc Rivers. Yeah, Doc Rivers is starting to kind of get that Shanahan reputation where it's like the expectation is for you to fall. You know, Clay is killing them. Is that you're going to falter in the big moments? Right. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Right after the All Star game. You know, we are about what 25 games left in the season or so. It'll so, be good. Like we're like, so we're sitting at that's 55. So about 27, 53. So we play 53 games. So they got about Cleveland has 29 30, games. So about 28, yeah. 29 games. Yeah. yeah so between 28 you know. to 30 games. Yeah. So what I'm looking for in the second half before we wrap this up, and then I want to know what you're looking for. So in the second half of the season, I'm looking for, I just said it, I want Mobley to step up. But I also don't know about the fit with him and Jared Allen. I don't know if that mixes very well. Um, I'm looking for the champs. Will the real Nuggets please stand up? It's time to assert yourselves as we see champions. Not that they've faltered. They're only like a game and a half out of the first seed. But, you know, this is around the time where we see the champs start to put their foot down and say we're here um, i want to see as we get closer to the end of the season i want to see boston see it through they've been the best team in the league all season i want you to see it through you know i saw the same team do these things go down 3-0 to miami so it's mentality i want to see jason tatum be the mvp candidate that he should be. And then finally, once the Knicks get the gang back together, I want to see how for real they are. Because now you got to try to get Julius Randle back into things. They're out here protesting the league about a game against Toronto, and they don't even play Toronto again, so I don't even know when you would replay it anyway. It's only happened once in NBA history that we've replayed something. So, you know, I don't know. What you looking for in the second half of the season? Second half, uh, I'm looking for some of these teams in this general area, like around here, Jersey. I'm looking for them to – Clay, I'm just – you know, I'm enamored. Clay has like 35 points in 18 minutes. Uh, I'm looking for the Knicks to do well. I think the atmosphere when New York is doing well, especially in sports, is different. It's a different kind of vibe. I want to check that out. I want to, you know, take a couple trips to the city. You know, maybe I might, maybe I might spend a couple hundred dollars on some some nosebleed tickets just to kind of be in the building and the, you know, in the mecca of basketball. So I'm excited for that. Um, it'd be nice for them to make like a real like deep run to the playoffs. I'm curious about Embiid and the Sixers. How they've been like picking guys up and trying to make these moves, like like these stopgap kind of moves. And we talked about the potential 12 to 18 games. You can miss in that four to six weeks. It could be more. I just saw earlier today, Kyle Lowry is signing in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I like, I like the, I like the moves. I like the effort they're putting through. Um, 
I want to see a team like Indiana kind of get back, you know, because it was, it was a, I was sick of the super team for a while. Like, yeah, I'm a LeBron fan, no doubt. But I was like, I was getting sick of the super team because that was almost the only conversation. Right now we have the Clippers. Granted, these guys are older, but that those four guys, can you imagine if those four guys were on the same team six years ago? Like, it wouldn't have been fun. It was very similar to, like, the KD, Steph, Clay, Warriors. I was kind of getting sick of that because we got excitement in that Golden State-Sacramento series last year because the young team really stepped up. You know, they were lighting the beam and stuff like that. So I'm just looking forward to, like, these teams that, you know, used to have, like, that legacy, you know, the Reggie Millers, the greats. I want these guys being able to, like, when the games are on TNT and – on ESPN, I want them to be able to talk about their teams and talk about, oh, when this, the city is, is you know, alive, when our team's doing well. Because I'm just sick of really seeing the same teams at the top all the time. Like, it's boring. I want the parity. So, like, I think that's probably the biggest thing. I think Denver winning the championship last year kind of showed, like, you don't have to go out and do the excessive get rid of your entire franchise. Yeah, how about this? Get some players and develop them. How about that? Yeah. Get a guy 60th overall during the Taco Bell commercial, and then he becomes league MVP twice and finals MVP. Uh, so, you know, like, I like that. Uh, I want healthy players. I want guys to be able to make it through. I want to see how the Warriors and the Pelicans do. I want to see Zion in, in the big moments. I just want to – I want real – and I want to see the new basketball era, take new off. wave. I want to see these new guys. Like, I want to see new. So many damn Amber marquee. Yeah, that's sad. I, I want to see new marquee players. I want Ant. I want his signature shoe to be everywhere. You know, I I just want to see the new guys really grow because, I mean, I get, we root for guys our age. Kawhi <laughs> Leonard, LeBron. And, James Harden, we all in the same like age range. I want to see these 22, 23, 24 year old guys really like make their mark because they're the in shift. the league. Yeah, it's we're, we're here for the shift because <laughs> you think about a guy like KD, Russ, when they were younger, they were very young when they went to that finals in 2012 against LeBron. And even LeBron then was probably 2012 when we were 30. So he was probably like late 20s, 28. Something mm-hmm. like that. So he was still in his 20s, and he was like, you know, the face of the league. These guys have the opportunity to do that. I'm glad the trade trade deadline passed, and they didn't give, you know, they didn't move Trey Young. They didn't move Murray. They like, like probably they coming this firm. summer. You know, the Spurs are, are rumored to want Trey Young, so you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I am two five. That is. Even keeled, always, Mister Logical. We are Sports Reports is order. We thank you joining us, supporting us. Like, subscribe, share, click Show the bell, share with your grandma. Congrats again to Caitlin Clark. If you know anybody that work at ESPN or Fox or CBS Sports, you know, just send it their way. Yeah. Your uncle, your grandma, somebody. <laughs> somebody. Shout out to Mina Combs. <laughs> we love you. And Kanye love West Halftime Super Bowl 59. It's got to be young money. Got to be young money. I won't.
We'll be back on Monday. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Same honesty and authenticity. Peace. <laughs>